What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the All In Man Cave podcast. I am your host, Cole Haight. You guys obviously know me, but for all the new listeners, that's me. Uh, Add me on Facebook. Uh, Add me as a friend. Send me a message. Give me a little bit of a review of the podcast. Do it on Apple Podcasts. Do it wherever you can do it, If you wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, but this episode is the Week 10 preview episode, like we always do on every Friday. Uh, we're going to go through all the games. Going to give you my EK Parlay, sponsored by my coworker and friend, Mr. Emmanuel Cadane. Uh, we're going to hit. This week, I'm really confident that we're going to hit on this parlay this week. It's going to be pretty fantastic, looking at like 24 to 1 odds, but that'll do. That'll happen after uh, we go through all of the games, talk a little bit about each game on the Sunday slate and the Monday night game. Also got a new segment for you guys called Under Pressure. We're going to do that after I reveal the EK parlay at the end. And also, just want to let you guys know, for all the habitual listeners, uh, we will not have the preview episode or the recap episode of Week Ten on Monday. I will actually release that on Tuesday this week. Uh, everything else will stay the same. Uh, gonna have a, a weekend away uh, with my man Tyler, who you guys may have heard on the podcast multiple times. Uh, gonna spend some time with him up in Cooperstown, New York. It's gonna be a great time going to the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's gonna be fun time. Uh, just uh, a little side note for all the listeners out there, a little bit of positivity shown. Uh, time is worth more than money and valuables that you may own or want. Uh, time is very important, and I've learned that as of late and growing up, being almost 30 now. Time's worth more than money. Uh, your time is extremely valuable, therefore going to take a little bit of time away, as well as my anniversary uh, with my wonderful girlfriend of seven years. So the, mon- the usual Monday podcast will be released on Tuesday instead of Monday uh, to go over everything uh, that happened over the weekend, meaning Sunday, and as well as the Monday night football game. So uh, just just an update for you guys, habitual listeners that that, that listen to everything uh, in terms of podcasts that I release for the All in Man Cave podcast. But without further ado, let's jump right into the Sunday slate. First game we're going to go over is the Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets. We don't need to guess anymore. Like, who are the Buffalo Bills? We just need to know who they are. They can't run the football successfully. One of their two-headed monster uh, or bunny, I guess you could say, is the opposite of a monster because it's fluffy and cute. Uh, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss is dinged up. Looks like he's not going to be able to play this week. They cannot run the football successfully. They just came off a stinker against the Jaguars in which they lost outright and only scored six points. I've talked about the struggles between uh, for all the playmakers for the Buffalo Bills, and that includes their their leader, Josh Allen, at the quarterback position, who has played subpar in terms of statistics that we expected from him coming into this season. So I don't know what to make of them, seeing as though I've seen my football team in recent years do similar things. Uh, when able to win close football games and able to get the W's that they need, uh, but do it in a little bit of an uglier fashion than people expect. So we don't know what to expect from the Bills. The thing that I want to look at is the Jets. So the the Jets have played well on offense, even having one of their quarterbacks dinged up, having a 13-year vet uh, in Josh Johnson having to come in the game. 
And a lot of that did come in garbage time, but we've seen some positive things from the New York Jets. Their 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 rookie running back Michael Carter looks very good, especially in terms of PPR leagues for fantasy. Uh, I picked him up, actually drafted him at the beginning of the year, sat him for the first few weeks, but then he's been a, a, a weekly starter for me the last few weeks with him being able to catch the ball out of the backfield and also to help in the run game to try and keep teams honest against the, the subpar New York Jets. But how's Mike White going to play? He's going to start this week. Zach uh, Zach Wilson not, not ready to go yet, uh, so Mike White was dinged up in that game last week against the Colts. But he will get the start this week. And when Mike White is in the game, for all of the times he's been in the football game, he's been successful. So let's see what he does against a very stout Colts defense. But the one thing I do want to mention about the Jets is I did have a chance to go watch them in their stadium. I've been to MetLife twice once to see the Vikings play the Giants a few years back. And also, I went with my buddy Greg, the Chiefs fan. Uh, that I mentioned multiple times on the podcast. I went to watch the Chiefs play the Jets. It was also a few years back when Alex Smith was starting. Can't exactly remember what year that was, to be honest with you. Everything starts to become a blur at some point. But uh, the the home field advantage for the Jets in that stadium is is something that people don't talk about. I was there. I experienced it. It gets loud in that stadium. Jets fans are extremely abrasive compared to it's it's an interesting phenomenon when you have two teams that that have the same stadium and share a stadium the giants fans say the jets fans are ridiculous the jets fans say the giants fans are ridiculous uh, i've seen them both they're both pretty ridiculous uh in terms of how crazy they get for these football games now I, i'm not saying they're nuts and, and they're abrasive and ridiculous like to the point where it's it's disheartening but honestly it, it's it's good. It's good to see that fan base make that stadium loud. The, the stadium atmosphere is pretty good. I like it. I like it at MetLife. You have a lot of people show up to, to New York, not only uh, from the surrounding tri-state area, but also flying in from everywhere. I saw it when I was in Arrowhead when I went to see the Chiefs play the Vikings. Disheartingly lost that game on a 55-yard field goal by Harrison Butker, in which case I've never seen anything louder in my life. But similar things happened at the Jets stadium when I went and supported my buddy uh, to see the Chiefs try and beat the Jets. Unfortunately, that did not happen. Uh, But uh, that was a bit of a, a soapbox. But getting to the pick, the pick is in. I'm going with the Jets to cover here. Jets plus 11. 11's a lot to give. They missed last week by a few points to cover, and even with the the back door being, the Colts were up by more than thirty, and the Jets made it as uh, made it at least a fifteen point game last week. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take that, but I think the Jets defense shows up uh, with the support from the crowd, and I'm gonna go with the under as well of forty seven and a half. Next on the slate, the Jaguars are at the Colts. Two big key players that that may change or may impact this football game is that James Robinson last week was a scratch due to pre-game te- pre-game drills. They wanted to see how his bruised heel was doing. Didn't seem like he was going to be 100%, so he sat. Uh, James Robinson is nowhere near the same as Carlos Hyde, so 
with James Robinson in this game completely changes the dynamic of what the Jags are trying to do offensively, as well as T.Y. Hilton, who has struggled with injuries all season, and it hasn't even been duly noted anywhere in the, the NFL football world due to how great Michael Pittman Jr. has been playing for Carson Wentz especially in these games with bad weather, especially with Carson Wentz throwing ridiculously long passes, and they have been bailed out on a few defensive calls, uh, defensive flags to to get them downfield when their offense isn't clicking 100%, but Jonathan Taylor is a monster. He is a monster. So I expect a healthy dose of Jonathan Taylor, and he probably will end up leading the league in rushing by the end of the season. It's a pretty ballsy take, but honestly, with with the the inconsistencies that Nick Chubb has in terms of injuries, slash he's on the COVID list this week to see. I don't, we don't even know if he's going to play. Uh, we'll get to the Browns the Browns game in a minute, but I, I like that. And and there's two things you need to keep a huge eye on, especially since this is a divisional game. The Jaguars have an opportunity to play spoiler in that division. Tennessee looks hot right now. They just lost their best player for the rest of the season. They got a big win against the Rams last week. They've had big wins against a lot of good teams in the league this year. So I don't I, – they, they cannot – the Colts cannot give up any wins this season. They can't give up any. It, it's, it's impossible for them to even contend in that division if they give up any wins. They need to almost run the table and hope that they get some help from Tennessee. And the Jaguars have the opportunity to play spoiler in multiple games, whether that be against Tennessee or against the Colts. Uh, and the Texans are also a joke. So I, it's they have the opportunity to play the spoiler. And the pick is in. I'm going with the Jags plus the points again. So I take the Jets plus the points and the Jags plus the points. The Jags plus 10, I'm confident taking that. I'm confident taking the Jags plus 10. I see this game getting a little out of hand in terms of scoring, though, similar to the game the Colts played last week against the Jets. So I'm going to go with the over of 47.5. Next on the list, the Buccaneers are at the Washington football team. Tom Brady leading the league in passing yards. Also, he's coming off a loss and then a week off. So Tom Brady, really good off a bye, similar to how everybody in the football world talks about Andy Reid off of a bye. I, I really like the Bucks. The only thing I don't like about the Bucks is their secondary. Their secondary is awful, and, and it seems like most teams can't take advantage of that the way they want to because the front seven of the Bucks gets to the quarterback quicker than they can get it out. And that's exactly what happened against Justin Fields. And to be honest with you, the Saints last week, sorry, two weeks ago, that beat the Buck, that defeated the Bucks by nine. Top, they got to Tom Brady. The Saints have had Tom Brady's number since he's been a Buck. It's been a problem, but somebody's got to get to the secondary, and I don't know how they do it. And I don't. And Heineke is is capable. Not the best quarterback in the world. Probably middle of the row, middle to bottom of the row in terms of quarterbacks in the league right now and skills. Uh, and statistics overall, but this is a rematch game from the the playoff game last year in the COVID year. This game is the game that Heineke made his name. Let's see if he can do it again. I don't expect the game to go the same way it went in the playoffs. However, the pick is in. Uh, the Bucks are 0-4 against the spread on the road. 
uh, which is a decent amount of time and a decent amount of games for them to not hit. I'm thinking that that changes in this game. It's going to be similar to the game that they played against the Bears earlier this season with a 35-3 victory. I'm seeing something like that. I, I, I don't trust the offense for the Washington football team, and I don't trust their defense either. So I'm going to go with the Bucks minus 9, and I'm going to go with the under of 51. Next on the list, the Falcons are at the Cowboys. Would you believe me if I would have told you that the Atlanta Falcons, with the current squad that they have right now, the roster on offense and the roster on defense would be currently in the playoff race for the seventh seed in the NFC. Nobody would believe me. I never would have thought it. Maybe with Calvin Ridley, uh, and maybe if they went out and acquired somebody on the tra- at, via the trade deadline or somebody else. But it's it's almost unbelievable the way that the just the way that they've performed the last few weeks. They look good. The Falcons look good. They got a big win against the Saints. They're coming off a good – their defense is outperformed. And and I feel like I've been saying that a lot in podcasts, but it's actually true. A lot of these defenses that people thought were not going to be very good uh, via their roster or via whatever you thought or whatever that situation is, whatever you had in your mind, it, it their defenses are – there's defenses that are outperforming anything even up into and including the Vikings defense, who's looks good three out of the four quarters of a game. But it's it's a lot it's a lot to to get through. And I think Dak and the Cowboys are gonna go through a bit a bit of a struggle the next few weeks. Dak coming off the injury, it seems like their their receivers and their playmakers offensively are have been dinged up. As well as on the flip side, Atlanta, their playmakers are also very inconsistent, but not because they're dinged up. It just it seems like every other week their players go off, with whether it be Kyle Pitts, whether it be Cordero Patterson, uh, whether it even be Matt Ryan consistently throwing the football the, the way he knows he should. So the pick is in. I'm going with the Falcons plus eight here. Pretty confident on that. Uh, the over-under, uh, not as confident, but I'm going to go with the under. 54.5 is a lot of points. I, I don't know. I I don't see how that game gets to that point. So I'm I'm definitely going to go with the under. Next on the list, the Browns are at the Patriots. Both teams reliant on the run game. Uh, and both teams are struggling in terms of injuries uh, and in terms of the defense in general of the, op- of the opposing team to run the football. So Zeke Elliott and and Tony Pollard versus Nick Chubb, if he plays, uh, Kareem Hunt still on the IR with his issue with his leg issue, and then you've got Dearness um, Johnson. I don't know how this game will go, but the Patriots are missing a few players on offense in terms of Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson to run the rock. So they do have Brandon Bolden. Uh, they can bring some other heat that they have on that team, but it's not the same if those two players are not available. Uh, so with both of them in and um, concussion protocol, as well as Nick Chubb, not knowing if he's going to have two negative tests by Sunday, not sure how this is going to go. So it's going to be in the hands of the, of the quarterbacks in this football game. Baker Mayfield in the leading the offense through the air is not usually a good idea. Similar to the Kirk Cousins situation, 
Uh, you could almost say the same thing about Alex Smith back in, in Kansas City when he played. Uh, obviously not when he was on the Washington football team, but back before his injury, his life-threatening injury. You don't want Alex Smith, Kirk Cousins, and Baker Mayfield back in the shotgun throwing on every down. Uh, their offense is dictated by how they run the football and how they do it effectively. So it's going to be rough to try and predict this. It's it's going to be a game where Bill Belichick, if he figures them out, is going to be it's going to be interesting. And the Patriots are now officially a team to keep your eye on in the AFC, especially the way they've been able to squeak out victories. However, I'm going to go against that. The pick is in. I'm going with the Browns plus two and a half here. I would feel a lot more confident with the Browns plus three. However, right now doesn't seem like it's going to move uh, before Sunday. So I'll I'll take the Browns plus two and a half. I think that Kevin Stefanski has enough play calling ability to get past what Bill Belichick will throw at him. So I'm going to go with that. However, I am strongly encouraging the under here. I'm taking the under. There's no way. I'm taking under 46. I'm not going over that. The Patriots are almost never over in a game, unless they're playing the the, the, the NA. (laughs) Funny. The the New York Jets. So that's it. Browns plus two and a half, under 46. Next on the list, the Lions are at the Steelers. Uh, Are the Lions going to go 0-17? Will they, be, will they be the first team that goes 0-17? I, I don't know. I don't know, but I know for damn sure they ain't winning this game. So uh, this is going to be a Najee Harris breakout game. He's been doing a lot of things. So they're all, they lost a lot in the offseason uh, and in free agency from the, their offensive line from last year. They were very stout in that category. The thing that I'm worried about is is – the things that the the things that will happen in this football game will be devastational to people that think the defenses are going to run it the lions have always been successful in covering the spread and the steelers are not very good in winning against the spread so how does big ben play the lions defense looks awful they just gave up 500 million yards against the against the Eagles on the ground. The Eagles only had to throw the ball. I think he, I think Jalen Hurts only had nine completions in that whole game, and they won by 38. So it's a little it's a little interesting how that works. But this game is not going to be a game that you want to watch, even if you're a fan of either of these two teams. Obviously, if you're a Lions fan, you're hoping to God they get a victory at some point. Uh, but the Steelers are a playoff team this year. They're they're in the hunt. Their defense has performed well over what they expected, even with what they lost in free agency. Uh, I'm I'm leaning one way, and I'm going to stay there, even though I know it's kind of risky. So I'm not confident in the in the game against the spread, but I'll pick it because that's my job, and I told you I would. So I'm going to take the Steelers minus eight. I think they win by 10, 10 to fifteen, uh, and the Lions once again struggle like they have all season. Uh, but something I will like. In this is the over under 42 and a half. I love the over here. I, I, I'm in love with the over of 42 and a half for this game. I think it gets out of hand and it gets out of hand early. Next on the list, the Saints are at the Titans. How long can the Titans on defense keep this up? There are two defensive tackles, which are theoretically the best two defensive tackles in the league this year. 
They're both dinged up going into this game. That's what's been helping their defense the most, being able to stop the run and get internal pressure near the center at the quarterback. So I don't know how this goes with them being dinged up and if they even play or suit up in general. But the Saints have a huge problem, and it's the Alvin Kamara issue that we we went over in the midweek podcast with. We have no idea what's wrong with him. He didn't practice yesterday. He didn't practice on Wednesday. What is what is this what is this situation with him? And it's interesting because I've never seen an injury go this long without confirmation of what it is. So, and now there's I'm reading things that are saying he's doubtful to play. That's a huge hit, uh, especially to especially to Trevor Simeon uh, and Taysom Hill if they use him at quarterback. It's just a huge. Hit. They have Mark Ingram. I get it. But this is why they were working out all these quarterbacks earlier in the week because they knew that this was going to be a situation. And after Mark Ingram, who do they have? I have no idea. I honestly cannot tell you who the third running back is on their roster. So, I don't know. Is is Kamara hurt? Is he going to play? I don't know. The thing I do know is the Saints defense can always come up with a big play, which is why I am 100% going to take the pick is in the Saints plus two and a half. I don't think the Titans can keep this this good play up, especially exhausting themselves against really good football teams the last four weeks. So, and they did lose to the New York Jets. Just keep that in mind. So, I'm gonna go with the Saints plus two and a half, and I'm gonna go with over 44. I think it's just over that. It's not gonna go way over that. It's just over that. But I'm confident in that pick. Next on the list, the Panthers are at the Cardinals. Did you guys hear Cam Newton's back in town? He's coming back to the Carolina Panthers. He cleared his physical. His physical was good. He passed. So he is now officially back as a Carolina Panther. I no idea why this happened, how this happened, and how they think Cam Newton's going to help them win. However, I know Cam was beloved in that state, of the two states, I guess, that root for that team. He's beloved. Christian McCaffrey, I think, like I mentioned in the in the midweek podcast for who I like in fantasy, I love Christian McCaffrey this week against the Cardinals. They're still dinged up on defense. They are due for a stinker. The Cardinals are very due for a stinker game. It looks like Kyler Murray's not going to play in this game. So it's going to be interesting. I think that this is going to be dependent on how the defenses perform. Stephon Gilmore looks amazing in the back end of that Carolina defense, and their defensive line is very stout. Unfortunately, the last few weeks have not shown that, but I think they break out in this one, and it's too much, too many points not to not to take. So the pick is in. I'm going with the Panthers plus 10.5, and, and I'm going to go with the over of 44.5. Next, my beloved Minnesota Vikings are at the L.A. Chargers. Everybody knows about the L.A. Chargers. When the Chargers are playing in their new stadium, the other team has more fans. I remember the last few times that we played the Chargers in their stadium. It's been a joke in terms of how many Chargers fans I see in there. I just see all purple everywhere. Uh, especially the get well, at least the Vikings Panthers or the Vikings Chargers games that I've watched in recent years. But my faith in the turnaround of this team is slowly slipping away. They have mounds of issues, mounds of COVID issues, mounds of injury issues, and the coaching is just bad. It's just bad. And what we need to look at, especially as a non-fan of either of these teams when you're betting on it, is Herbert 
and their offensive weapons versus the Minnesota Vikings secondary. Brashad Breeland groin injury might not play, which means if Chris Boyd and Cam Dantzler start at corner, the Chargers offensive weapons are going to have a field day. The one thing that does help is that the Chargers defense is depleted and they cannot guard against the run. So Dalvin Cook's going to be huge in this game as well as if they're down to practice squad corners, which is what I'm basically seeing via ESPN and the depth charts, they have to attack down the field as well as run the football. Both things set up that the Vikings are good at in this football game. And based on every single Vikings game that has happened this season, the pick is in. I'm going with the Vikings plus three. Granite, that might push depending on us losing in a field goal in overtime, which is very possible and probable, honestly. So I'm going to go with the Vikings plus three. I'm going to go with over 53. I think the offenses take off in this game. And it starts to get out of hand, similar to last week against Baltimore with against the Vikings. It's going to be a 30-something to 30-something game, just hoping that the Vikings come on top. Next game, the Eagles are at the Broncos. Definitely something we need to look at in this game. And I talked about Cortland Sutton in the last podcast. But the Denver wide receivers versus the Philadelphia corners. I don't really trust the Philadelphia corners minus Darius Slay, who is probably going to be draped all over Jerry Judy. Uh, And hopefully not Corlin Sutton, because then I would give you guys very bad fantasy advice. So uh, either or, I think that Darius, you can't multiply or clone Darius Slay to to play all defensive back positions. So it's going to be interesting how those things play out. Uh, But one other thing I want to look at, and honestly, it's two things. Jalen Hurts and his management of the offense via accurately throwing the football and throwing it deep down the field, as well as the rushing attacks, not only for the Eagles, but also for the Broncos. The way that the Broncos were able to punish the Cowboys last week was on the ground with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, Uh, both rookie running backs, Javante Williams and Michael Carter from North Carolina. Both look very good this year. They were able to run the rock, especially right down the throat of the Cowboys last week. I think they're able to do it again this week. And Teddy makes his Teddy-esque passing throws uh, like he normally does, makes the passes he needs to, doesn't push the ball that far down the field unless it's automatic, and plays a conservative-type game through the air. So the... The pick is in. I'm going with the Broncos minus two and a half here. I don't think the Eagles stand a chance this week. And it's going to be a lot closer than the Cowboys game and the Cowboys-Broncos game last week. But they're going to be able to cover by a field goal. I love them here winning by at least a field goal. It's 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 a very good pick. Now, the over-under is a little bit weird. Uh, it's at 45, so it's going to be somewhere around that. I would not advise met betting on the over-under for this game. I think there's too many things that can happen to alter that, which means your bet is then very risky on the over-under. But if I had to pick one, I would go with over 45, just slightly over, maybe forty between 46 and 48. Maybe like a 27-21 game is something I'm looking at. Uh, but th- th- I'm not confident in that over-under. Next on the list, the Seattle Seahawks are at the Green Bay Packers. Russell Wilson returns as well as Aaron Rodgers if he he has his tests that come back uh, via the protocol the way they need it. They come back negative, he plays. If not, people are talking about Aaron Rodgers and losing practice time. Aaron Rodgers doesn't need practice time. 
People that are talking about him not being able to come back or officially be activated until Saturday. It doesn't matter until Saturday. Who cares? It's Aaron Rodgers. He's one of the one of the most accurate, best quarterbacks. I would say he's top five in my lifetime for sure. Maybe top five of all time for the throws that he's able to pull off, his management of his own offense. He's kind of a, a schmuck off the field, but that's not included in my rating of him as a football player. So uh, two things I really want to keep an eye on, especially in terms of the Packers. We know everything we need to know about Seattle, especially with Russell Wilson. Their defense is going to be subpar to average, and they're going to be able to throw the ball down the field and attack with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. But for for the Packers, David Bakhtiari is activated off the pup list this week. He's huge for their offensive line, who's played very well in even in his absence. So Aaron Rodgers, more time equals way more points for Green Bay. Uh, but Green Bay's defense, and I don't know how many times I'm going to talk about this until they finally hit a stink, but I, how long can their defense play like this? Still, I, I feel like I, I'm a broken record in terms of the Green Bay defense. However, it, Green Bay's defense has played so well the last few weeks, and by few I mean almost every week, minus like the first two weeks. They played well for the last month and a half. And I still don't know how. I still don't know how. So keep an eye on that. I think this game is relatively low scoring, and we see an ultimate duel between Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. So the pick is in. I'm going with the Seahawks plus three. If you're going to give me that the Green Bay Packers win by three and I get a push, I'll take it, especially if it's part of a parlay. Obviously, you don't want to push a single bet, but... I like Seattle coming out hot with Russell's return, as well as the under of 49. I think 49 is too high. I don't. I, I think their defenses both perform better than average. So if that's the case, I don't see this getting over 50. No way. The Sunday night football game is next. The Chiefs are at the Raiders. This is the most competitive division in the league. Now they have a. They're a close. It's close between them and the AFC North with the with the. Browns, Bengals, Steelers, and Ravens. But the the AFC West is extremely competitive. All have five wins. They're separated by a few bye weeks in the loss column. I I don't know if there's a better game to watch this week. The Raiders coming off a, a pretty bad loss against the New York Giants in New York. The Chiefs have looked bad on offense for a while, yet their defense has carried them through football games. But Patrick Mahomes' worst game was last week. He had 20 completions for 166 yards. It, I've never seen it, it passes down the field off by multiple yards, overthrowing people, underthrowing people. It, it, I've never seen it. And, and it's adversity that they haven't dealt with in years. But it's Mahomes versus Derek Carr. Whoever plays better is going to win this football game. The Raiders are able to get pressure on a four-man four-man rush better than any other team. The Chiefs have been dialing up some really good defensive plays to protect their secondary, which has been subpar all season. But let's see what the Deshaun Jackson the Deshaun Jackson signing is for the LA sorry LA the uh, LV Las Vegas Raiders. What does Deshaun Jackson do? Now, is he able to capture something, some of what they would do with Henry Ruggs? Or is Deshaun Jackson past that point in his career? I'm not too sure. I know he's going to be involved. How much, I still don't know. 
But Darren Waller's going to have to have a big game, and they're going to have to get some some quality catches out of their Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards, Zay Jones type receivers if they're going to compete against Kansas City because I think Kansas City comes in with a vengeance. Now, a vengeance nonetheless, I'm still not confident in the Chiefs, and I'm never taking them again minus points. I don't care what it is because they cannot play against the spread. So I'm going to go. The pick is in. I'm going with the Raiders plus two and a half. I feel like there's a lot of two and a halves this week. I'm still going with it. I don't care. The Raiders plus two and a half. This is a one-point game either way I'm seeing. Uh, or the Raiders come out and just show that the Chiefs' defense has outperformed what their skill level is the past few weeks. Uh, but I am confident in the under of 51 and a half. I do not like this getting into a huge scoring game. The Raiders could only score 16 against the Giants. The The Chiefs have scored 13 last week against the Green Bay Packers, uh, and they haven't scored a lot of points in a lot of games, so it may backfire on me, but I feel pretty confident in taking the under in this game of 51.5. We've reached the Monday night football game. There will be no player prop bets in this segment. I got way too lucky last week, so I'm going to take a week off because I'm pretty confident in the spread and the over-under, which will be the Monday night best bet, which we'll get at the end. But really quick, Odell Beckham signed with the Rams. I've never seen somebody have more interest in different teams than Odell and then sign with a different team. He, he, He was reaching terms with the Packers. He was talking with them. He was talking with Kansas City. Uh, he spoke with Seattle. Pete Carroll made a, a comment in one of his media media outlets this week about about Odell and possibly getting him. Everybody did, and then he signs with the Rams. Now his girlfriend lives in L.A. He's friends with the LeBron James, so that may be why he ended up going there. I think it's a one point two million dollar guaranteed deal for the rest of the season, plus some incentives thrown in there based on catches, yards, or touchdowns. Uh, that part I haven't read that much on, but there is incentive-based money in there as well. But he got over the league minimum, so why not go to the Rams? Now, honestly, I know why he shouldn't have went to the Rams, but I end up thinking in my head, now I know why he did. His girlfriend's there. He wants to be in L.A. It's a good spot for him. That's where he wants to live. That's where he wants to put his roots down. And that's where he wants to be re-signed to and impress so that they re-sign him so that he can stay there. That's the that's the goal. He, he mentioned that he wants to be the number one wide receiver. He mentions he, he wants to get all those catches. He wants to get all those targets. He's not going to do that on a team with Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. You're going to be a number three wide receiver on that team unless you come out and light the world on fire, which I do not expect. But this is a big game for the 49ers. They, are, they have underperformed probably – almost as much, if not more, than the Miami Dolphins this year. Uh, They're pretty much the two most disappointing teams this year in terms of uh, what people expected. Uh, You could link the Vikings up there as well, but they've lost a lot of close games, so it's almost not the same. But they they need a big win here and it's it's going to be hard to win even at even though it's in San Francisco it's going to be hard for the 49ers to get this win so instead of the Monday night football best bet picks with player props we're going to go with a uh, same game parlay so if you guys want to just listen to my player props for Monday night that I don't normally do for the Monday night football game 
Uh, I'm just going to give you a same game parlay and see if you guys can win some money. So I'm going to go with the Rams minus three and a half. I, I don't even think it's close. The 49ers on defense are atrocious. Their best cornerback is Josh Norman, who has more penalty yards than more than 20 teams in the league just himself this year. I'm not 100% on that statistic, but watch a 49ers game. It's true. Uh, and I'm going to go with the under of 49. I don't even think the, the 49ers score 10 in this game. Not a chance. Jalen Ramsey all over Debo. Nobody else can catch the football. Every pass that Jimmy, Jimmy G throws is over somebody's head or he puts them in harm's way. Uh, and the Rams are good against the run, which is the only other option the 49ers have. So uh, the Rams minus three and a half and under 49 for the same game parlay for Monday night. All right. So after all of that, I have compiled the EK parlay donated to, once again, my coworker and friend, Emmanuel Kidane. Five leg parlay this week. Last week, we went two of five. Not good. Not good at all. But this week, I'm feeling pretty confident. So we will do number one on number first. Number first. That's hilarious. Number one leg of the EK parlay, the Detroit-Pittsburgh Steelers over a 42 and a half. I, I don't see how the, the Steelers don't score 35, which means I need Detroit to have seven to get close. Somewhere around there. Uh, there's going to be garbage time involved in this game. Pittsburgh's going to run the ball heavy and go up early and then just cruise with Najee Harris. So I think that's a lock for the first leg. Second leg is Denver minus two and a half. I love the way their defense performed last week against the Cowboys. They're in a very competitive division right now. They really need to win this football game. And I think Teddy does enough to do that at least by a field goal, which is why this is in as the second leg. Denver minus two and a half. Next the third leg is the Atlanta Falcons plus eight. I do not trust the Dallas Cowboys right now. Randy Gregory having an issue with an injury that's been nagging him for a few weeks. He may not play. Dexter Lawrence still not there. Sorry, Demarcus Lawrence still not back from his injury. They don't really have a pass rusher unless they fire Micah Parsons on every play, which they probably could, but then he couldn't be back in coverage depending on the offensive setup. So I really like Atlanta keeping this closer than people think. So I'm going to go with Atlanta plus eight for the third leg. The fourth leg, the LA Rams minus three and a half. I know I just gave you a same leg parlay, or sorry, a same game parlay for the Monday night football game, but I love this so much that I had to put it in here as well. So the LA Rams minus three and a half here. I, I don't know if Odell plays in this game. I don't know if he's able to make an impact even if he does, especially in the first week under the lights for a new team on a team that's got pressure against them. But I really like them winning by three and more than three and a half. I think it's closer to 10, honestly. And the last leg, the Kansas City Chiefs against the Raiders. I'm going with the under of 52. Listen, I've been off on the Chiefs over-unders all year, but this game just screams low scoring, and within the division, the defenses are going to step up more than the offenses will. It's not going to be a flip of the switch for Mahomes. Uh, if they do perform better, it's going to be a little bit better week to week. So I really like the under here of 52. You get about 20, it's about 26 to 1 odds as of right now. It may change a little. Uh, so 26 to 1 odds gets you $5 wins you over 
what is that? Over a hundred, a little over 130. I like those five. I did a six the other week. It didn't really work out for me. So I like that. The EK parlay once again, just to repeat. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Detroit Lions over 42 and a half. Denver minus two and a half against the Eagles. Atlanta Falcons plus eight against the Cowboys. LA Rams minus three and a half against the 49ers on Monday night. And the Chiefs against the Raiders under a 52. All right, guys, I told you that we had a new segment this week. The new segment's called Under Pressure. So basically, these five people, organizations, players, or units in the NFL are going to be under pressure for the next few weeks, Uh, could impact people's jobs, could impact how they look going into the playoffs. But I have compiled a list of five. We're going to start with number five and get to number one in terms of severity. But we are going to start right now. This is the new segment unveiled called Under Pressure. Number five, Vikings play callers. Anybody who's involved in it, whether it be Kirk Cousins audibling at the at the line of scrimmage, whether it be Clint Kubiak, our offensive coordinator, not doing anything close enough to a good enough job, or if Mike Zimmer is influencing these plays and they're just not working, the Vikings play calling has been atrocious all season. It's been terrible. Not running Dalvin Cook in second halves that are close. Not throwing the ball down the field against bad secondaries. It just doesn't make any sense. Our playmakers, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, both really good hands. Probably the top unit uh, duo in the league right now. Getting not that many targets. Last week, Adam Thielen had two catches. Jefferson had three. It's absolutely ridiculous, which is why they're number five and they are under pressure. Number four, the Titans defense. Titans lose Derrick Henry. Everybody knows that Ryan Tannehill's not a drop back, throw the ball 40 times type guy. And they got a bunch of people they think that can replace Derrick Henry and Adrian Peterson, Dante Foreman, and Jeremy McNichols. All three of them cannot replace Derrick Henry. So the Vikings, so Vikings, so the Tennessee Titans defense needs to continue to perform this well if they're going to continue to get these big wins that they've had in the last few weeks. We'll see if they can keep it up. I don't think they will uh, because honestly, their defense the first three weeks is what their defense is. They've been outperforming what people expected and their actual skill set, which is why they are number four. Number three, the Rams as an organization. Listen, I am 100% down with people making decisions to win now. That's awesome. But don't handicap your team for the next decade, especially if you're going to make decisions when you, the coach or the GM or anybody else involved in behind-the-scenes operations for the LA Rams, they're making decisions that they're not even going to see the see the benefit of or reap the shithole of, pardon my French, moving forward. They've, they don't have a first-round pick for the next seven years. They continuously give up picks for players that are either at the ass end of their career or don't have that many years left in terms of uh, their high-quality play, being Von Miller, two, two or three years. He gets hurt a lot. Uh, sorry, not two or three years. Well, we maybe has two or three years left, but they gave up a second and third-round pick for him. They went out and got Odell, even though he's underperformed the last few years. Whether that be his fault or an offensive scheme fault, nobody knows. We'll soon find out. But the Rams are are under pressure. They got to figure it out, and they got to win now, because when they don't, the rebuilding stage is going to take a decade. With all the draft picks they lost, with all the players that may end up leaving if it doesn't work, 
eventually it's going to backfire and we just don't know when. Number two, Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan considered a offensive guru, quarterback guru, play calling guru. His team stinks. His team is bad this year. Defensively, they're dealing with injuries and subpar performances. Offensively, they're dealing with injuries and subpar performances. And they went out and drafted a quarterback that has not took the field as much as he said that he would based on multiple media press conferences before the season and after he was drafted in Trey Lance. Jimmy G looks bad. His play calling skills look bad. He's not inv- he's not as inventive as he used to be in the past few years. He better figure it out because his seat is so hot, he is on fire. Most of what is happening is Kyle Shanahan's call, whether that be a draft pick, whether that be a free agent signing, whether that be a trade, whether that be anything regarding the offense in general his team is dying right now and they need a win and they're not going to get it this week so keep an eye on Kyle Shanahan moving forward because his seat might even get even hotter and number one uh, the most under pressure right now the Kansas City Chiefs offense as a whole now you could lump Andy Reid in with that you could lump in uh, Patrick Mahomes play and their offense as a whole needs to figure it out They're in a very highly competitive division, which I just mentioned not too long ago. Every team has five wins. They have a lot of divisional games within the division left. The Chiefs need to win all of those because if they continuously play subpar on offense, their defense is not going to be able to perform at the standard they've been performing the last few weeks for the rest of the season. Mahomes needs to take a breath, just go do some yoga, Take a breath and remember that he is the best quarterback in this football league. There is not a better quarterback with better with a better skill set in this league than Patrick Mahomes. No one. Not Aaron Rodgers, not Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes has the best skill set at the quarterback position in the league. They need to start playing like it. They need to start running the football more. They need to do more play actions and not just go to the shotgun all the time. They need to get Patrick Mahomes back in his rhythm. And I don't think that the play calling from the Chiefs in the past few weeks, and basically since they've been slumping, has allowed him to get back into a groove. I feel like all the plays are go deep, I'll throw you the ball. This is not flea flicker, this is not middle school. This is the NFL. So the Chiefs need to step it up. And number one, they need to step it up this week in a big divisional game against the Raiders. All right, guys, that is the under pressure segment the top five most under pressure. Keep an eye on those going forward. Record that part of the podcast. Keep it saved and see what happens with these with these teams, with these units, with these players, with these uh, front offices, what have you. There's a lot of different uh, types of people on that list, so keep an eye on that moving forward. Uh, but that will end the preview segment for week 10 hope you guys liked the parlay picks if not take what you like and use it in maybe your own parlay uh via DraftKings, via wherever you bet football i think it's gonna hit i'm feeling it this week i'm feeling it i think it's gonna hit 
I have the spirit of Mr. Emmanuel Cadane in my brain telling me that I need to I need to win these win these win these parlays, especially if they're sponsored by him. So uh, I I believe in that bet, and I hope you like the under under pressure segment as well. I appreciate you guys, all the listeners. Remember, I will not be back for the recap segment until Tuesday. It will be released. Uh, I would guess around maybe 4.30 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, and then probably be available shortly after that depending on what streaming platform you guys listen to podcasts on. But please leave me a review. Add me on Facebook. Uh, anything you can do in terms of feedback for the podcast. I appreciate all you guys listening. The people that have been with me since I launched the podcast. Thank you so much. This is episode 43. So been with you guys for a little bit. I enjoyed doing it. Uh, And I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. It's been a long work week, been a stressful week. So I hope everybody relaxes any way that you see that or deem that fit, whether that be a glass of wine and a book, maybe a bath, maybe go hit some balls at the driving range if it ain't 30 degrees outside. But I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you so much once again for listening. And until Tuesday, later.